Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the stars are out in Abu Dhabi, so we have full highlights from Giannis and the Bucks as they squared off against Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and the Hawks. And here from the Golden State Warriors, following the reported altercation between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, we'll also be joined by reporter Kendra Andrews on that. Also, LeBron, Lakers, they showed some flashes in last night's loss, but it's what he said about a team in Vegas that got fans' attention. All of that and more, NBA Today with our new look and new sound. Wow. It starts right Catchy. now. I kind of like yeah. it. Welcome to NBA Today and on this day in NBA basketball. A game's already been played. I feel like we're, we're late to the party. I'm here alongside Ramona <laughs> Shelburne, our senior writer. I do feel like Zach Lowe should be here for this segment, though, Ramona, because yeah. all he wants to do is talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. So in Zach's honor, let's go to Abu Dhabi, where the Milwaukee Bucks are playing, or yeah. just finished playing, rather, against the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, when in Abu Dhabi, do Abu Dhabi things, I suppose. The Hawks riding camels on this one? Okay, I respect it. And then Giannis getting fully into the drills with children. But of course, basketball was also played. Bucks, Hawks, DeJounte Murray, Trey Young. So in the first quarter, let's head there. DeJounte Murray, watch this, Ramona. Looking, looking, finds John Collins for the slam. This is gonna change their offense this year. It's going to be interesting to watch, but you know that when a slam like that goes down on one end and Giannis is on the floor, he's going to have to have a word about it on the other side. Drew Holiday finding Giannis for that one. And then later in the second, Giannis Eurostep with the finish. Let's go ahead here to the end of the second. Young gets out in transition. Nice little crossover there and just lays it in nicely off the glass. Holiday with another look at that one. You know what, sometimes you gotta make those. Sometimes you just have to make those. Going ahead now to the third quarter, Giannis, he gets his own rebound here, surrounded by Hawks defenders, and yet still finds a way to muscle it to the cup. So demoralizing. That's what Giannis does. He has 19.7 rebounds. Let's go ahead to later here. Young spins, drives, floats it in. Young had 22 points. And then going ahead to the fourth quarter, Murray. Oh, that looked nice. Let's see another look at that. Murray with a block. The reason he got votes for all defense. And then on the offensive end, Murray. Pull up Jay. Murray had 25 points, nine assists, eight rebounds. The Hawks win it. You see Steve Hart. That's an interesting shirt, sir, in the building. <laughs> you can see the full numbers there on your screen. I mentioned it. Giannis finished with 19 and seven. Murray 25, eight and nine. Let's bring in Brian Windhorse joining us now. And, and Brian, this is the first time that we've seen the new look Hawks backcourt, DeJounte Murray, Trey Young. What are your expectations for them this season? Wow, did DeJounte Murray look good in this game, Malika? He had almost a triple-double in 30 minutes out there. And Trey, the, 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 the Hawks played their backcourt a meaningful amount, both over 30 minutes yep. in this game. And the reason is because they want them to get reps 
and boy, they are already looking really good. Every night in the Eastern Conference, there's going to be wars across the country. We saw it last night with Philly and Cleveland locking horns with all their stars. Look at this game. This game was incredible with all the stars playing well, already looking good halfway across the world. The Hawks are a legitimate team that's going to make a lot of, uh, of headaches for other teams this season. You know, the player that Trey Young was compared to a lot when he came into the league was Steph Curry. Mm. And how did the Warriors unlock Steph Curry? They put Klay Thompson next to him. And it's not a direct comp, but DeJounte Murray has a lot of the same attributes where he can create offense by himself. He draws the defense to him. But he also plays great defense, so it covers up a little of Trey Young's shortcomings on that side of the ball. It's, there's a reason why they gave up as much as they did to go get DeJounte Murray because Trey Young needs that type of complimentary player next to him. And it looks like they're already establishing that rapport. Complimentary player next to him. Brian, you mentioned they both played over 30 minutes. I'm curious, though, Brian, I was listening to Zach Lowe podcast on my drive in to work today and he was talking about the minutes they're going to play together but also the need to stagger them how do you see that balance yeah, so the idea that you can have an all-star point guard uh, on the court for 48 minutes I mean it's a game changer it's mm -hmm. kind of what the Timberwolves were thinking when they traded for Gobert they're gonna have either Carl Towns or uh, uh, Grudy Gobert an all-NBA big man on the court for 48 minutes and that's what we're seeing in the league these teams with redundant stars, we've seen an incredible buildup. We see that up and down, um, especially in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, this is one of the things about the Hawks. They thought that this, the time was right for them to go all in. And that's what they did, trading the multiple first-round picks to get to Jante Murray. And not only that, but they're still a very deep team. They can deploy offense-based lineups. Mm. They can deploy defense-based lineups. And they also have assets that they can go out and make a midseason trade if somebody becomes available. They're one of the most intriguing teams, and you got to see a little glimpse of that this afternoon or tonight as it was in the Mideast. Yeah, interesting teams, intriguing teams, also some people say confusing teams because the difference between what their ceiling could be and their expectations, mm -hmm. Ramona, that's what I think folks are trying to figure out. What, what do you think is a successful season for them this year, given how high they were two years ago right. and then what happened last well, year? Well, I mean, I think when you make the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, maybe they got there a little sooner than anybody expected. Mm. Maybe Ben Simmons not being able to make a free throw played a part in that, but they still got there, and so they got a taste of it, and that is always the expectation that, that Eastern Conference is loaded, but they had a choice of, of how they were going to change around their team. They thought about trading for trading John Collins and doing a different type of move there, but getting DeJounte Murray next to Trey Young really enhances Trey Young's game because it takes away some of his neg the, the negative parts of his game. With those are DeJounte's strengths, and mm. I think their ceiling it's got to be where they got two years ago conference finals. They have the talent, and the, the East we know that's going to be a challenge for any team, but let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. They've very well could be the team that represents the East. I know we're still way too early. It's the preseason. Let's pump the brakes. Giannis, he had so much fun this offseason. Two movies released, showed off some dance moves. Today, though, back doing what he does best. He's on the court, still without Chris Middleton, remember. So, Brian, do you think that there is any value in Giannis and the Bucks maybe adjusting the way that he plays early in the season without Middleton in the lineup? Well, there has been a little bit floated by Mike Budenholzer about how the Bucks may change their style this year. And hmm. it's not going to really be that much about Giannis because Giannis is such a beast, especially in a playoff series. But Malika, as you know, as somebody who used to cover the Bucks, uh, you know, a lot, they like to give up three-pointers. They believe that they need to protect the interior. And if you can beat them with the three, 
they'll take that risk. Well, the Celtics did some damage from three-point range in knocking them out of the playoffs last year, so Bud has hinted that their defensive style might switch up a little bit, and they may show a little bit more attention to the three-point shot. That's a big concession. This team won a championship two years ago playing that style, so um, I do think we could see the Bucks alter their game a little bit, mm. but we're not going to really have a good feel for them until we get, 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 a, get to see them with Chris Middleton back, who is recovering from offseason surgery. Well, they're kind of mid-championship window. Um, mm. And Malik, you did an interview with Giannis a couple weeks ago, which I thought was one of the best interviews I've ever heard him give. Um, and and he, he really seems like a star who's in full bloom. I mean, you mentioned he had a couple movies come out about himself, but he's talking about himself and he recognizes his importance to the league and who he is as a person and he's able to discuss it now like he feels like he's mm. he you know it wasn't just a he's not just a, a foreign player that people are still learning about um i liked what he said about not liking the the name the greek freak like that was have we ever heard that before like he is kind of coming into his own in much the same way that steph curry did in the middle of that run that the warriors had going to five straight finals where the biggest challenge for Giannis, like it was for steph in the middle of that run is just managing all the demands on him yeah. and who he is in the league and how important he is to the league. Steph figured out how to do that. Giannis is still in that spot where he's still learning how to do it. Well, and we do expect that Chris Middleton will be back somewhat early within this regular season, but again, we'll be out for those first couple of games. I, I expect to see the Bucks as one of the last team standings, but let's get to the team that won the title last year, the, the Golden State Warriors, because tensions, they were high yesterday at practice when, according to our insider extraordinaire, Adrian Wojnarowski, Draymond Green threw a punch at Jordan Poole. So we're expecting to hear from Steve Kerr over the course of the next hour right here on ESPN in his first comments since the incident occurred. But some players have already weighed in. Andre Godala, he tweeted, what we're not going to do is talk crazy about my young fellow JP. Great character kid. Miss me with all that other BS straight from the source. And he followed that by saying, and it's family business with my bro Draymond Green as well. So for more on the Warriors, we're now joined by our Warriors reporter, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, what more can you tell us about the altercation that took place between Draymond and Jordan Poole? Yeah, Malika, I'm told the altercation began at practice when the two were just verbally sparring, trash talking as they do in practice, but it escalated when they started shoving each other and then culminated in Draymond Green throwing that punch at Jordan. And as Woj reported, it did hit Jordan. He was okay, though, and reporters actually saw him getting shots up after practice yesterday. Okay, interesting. So part of Woj's reporting also is that the Warriors are reviewing the episode and that we will, we will hear from Steve Kerr later in this hour, as I just mentioned. But Kendra, what are you hearing about the next steps that could happen here? Mm -hmm. The Warriors front office is currently in the process of reviewing the altercation, figuring out what the punishment is or should be. But I was told, Malika, that earlier today, just a couple minutes ago, Draymond was down on the practice court with the team as they scrimmaged. Now, I'm not sure what he was able to do, what he was able to participate in at practice today, mm. but he is with the team currently as they review the altercation and figure out what the punishment is. And Malika, you'll remember, of course, that Draymond was suspended one game back in 2018 after an incident with then-teammate Kevin Durant. Sure, okay, so there's no secret here, Kendra, but both of these players, they're up for some pretty big contracts. Poole is in the final year of his rookie deal, where Draymond has a player option after the season. What's the status on both of those negotiations? 
Yeah, right now, both statuses are up in the air. Jordan's representation is expected to meet with the Warriors front office in the next week to two weeks. Both parties, I'm told, are using that October 19th deadline to drive these negotiations to figure out a new deal. Draymond, is, on the other hand, as you said, has a player option waiting for him. And he said, look, I don't expect a new agreement to be put in place by the end of this year. Of course, he will become a free agent in 2024 if no uh, new deal is decided on. But it's lower down on the Warriors' list of priorities as they try to negotiate Jordan Poole's new contract and also, of course, Andrew Wiggins. Kendra, thank you so much for your time here on NBA Today. Uh, we are waiting now to hear from Steve Kerr. You can see the podium there. We are waiting for the Warriors' first comments since that altercation between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole at practice. Let's check in on some more action around the league because coming up, LeBron, he showed no signs of slowing down last night, but you're going to want to hear his comments on bringing a team back to Las Vegas. NBA Today will be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. Well, I don't know if, if it's panic. That's, that's totally real because, as Tim Legler has reminded me many, 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 many times, it's just the preseason, and we did see some bright spots for both the Suns and the Lakers on Wednesday night. Oh, wow. Anthony Davis was a bright spot, but in a whole different <laughs> type of way. He yeah, wasn't great. actually on the floor. Russell Westbrook looked pretty good in this game, Ramona. He looked yeah. like he was comfortable within the Lakers' system. You know, if Russ does what the, the role that he and Darvin have have outlined, they could have something there. It's just... Can he do that consistently every night? Well, he had 11 points in the first quarter. He scored the first six. Uh, he was kind of all over the place, but so was LeBron James hitting from deep. 23 points total for LeBron. Obviously, they only played their starters in the first half, but it was interesting. We saw Wenyan Gabriel also. I mean, is he shooting that's... from half court right there? Like, <laughs> at some point, he's going to age. It doesn't happen yet. I, I'm not, until it happens, I'm not betting on it, especially when he has reads like that. This is what the Lakers want to be seeing, especially because we know it's preseason. The the, the outcome isn't always going to be the, the wins and losses. It's the development. You can see his stat line there in the first half. 
stage. The Suns, though, they were looking for their first win of the preseason. Their starters, they stayed in the game until late, Ramona. It really looked like they were trying to, to, to work on some well, chemistry when you here. lose to the 36ers, not the 76ers, maybe it is important to get a preseason win. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, look, the, the Lakers starters were up when they came out of the game. It was just a question of could they hold on. The Suns starters stayed in longer. They took the lead back and won the game. Right, you can see DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker there. Booker would finish with 22 points in this game. You can see Chris Paul chatting there on the sidelines. But as you saw, LeBron James, I mean, he had a shot falling all night. He hit eight of his first nine shots from just all over the floor. Finished shooting over 72% on the night. You know, LeBron... <laughs> It's LeBron, and then he caught fire a little bit in that first half, but I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased. Again, I just told my group, we don't want to ever get accustomed to losing and get comfortable with losing, but this time of the year, is just about, it's not so much about the final score as it is about seeing that you're improving, and, and your principles are being adopted and embraced and carried out, and uh, I thought all of that happened today with Brian Windhorst, Ramona Shelburne, Tim Legler. Tim, it's been two games into the Darvin Ham era, and I know you're a firm believer and you can't see it, you can't believe it until you see it in the regular season, so I'm going to frame it this way to you. What, what's the biggest difference that you expect to see from these Lakers under Ham? Well, I just think the messaging so far from the league has been what it needs to be. They, they have to get much better defensively. When I watched this team the last two years, they were a joke on that end of the floor because there's no ball pressure whatsoever. And now you bring in a guy like Patrick Beverly, and I really firmly believe it sets the tone at the point of attack. When you have a guy that's willing to pick up 75 feet, most point guards pick up a half court, bump guys, hit guys, turn guys. When you're a wing player or a backline defender and you see that kind of effort at the point of attack, it's got to make you more self-conscious as a defender. Yeah. And I just think overall the tempo is going to change with mm. this team in practice Patrick Beverly sets the tone in games. They desperately need to get better on that end, and I think that's a great place to start. So for me, that's what's been encouraging, the messaging, and then going out there and acquiring a guy that can back that message up, and that's exactly what the Lakers did with Patrick Beverly. Yeah, and Patrick Beverly, as I mentioned, he got the start. Ramona LeBron, speaking of starting, he started at the four last night uh, without Anthony Davis. What was your takeaway from seeing him? Well, they're playing differently now. They're going back to more of a four out, one in with LeBron as the head of the snake. And that has historically been a really good way to play around LeBron James. They don't necessarily have the shooting, as my colleague Brian always likes to point out, um, on this team to, to play that way. But they were getting up and down the court. LeBron is, is, is great in that role, whether the personnel, We'll, we'll find out. I want to see how this team looks with Dennis Schroeder. He's had some big mm. issues, and we haven't seen him yet. He's been sort of late to join the team here, but he is really that change of pace guy. Putting him with Kendrick Nunn together is going to be a really interesting look for them. Yeah. They have they have some interesting combinations that they're testing out. They changed the starting lineup yesterday just to see a different look, to go with the smaller mm -hmm. look this time. Um, I did not, though, like seeing Anthony Davis in street clothes again. Uh, he like to, to have this lower back injury where he's, he's you know it's obviously bothering him he's not going to play again against the Timberwolves none of the stars are going to play against the Timberwolves but to have something like that this early it gives me a little concern space 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 LeBron yeah. has a handful of rings because of space they learned how to give him space to operate in this game they got him space uh, they spread the yep. floor 
They actually got up and down. You saw those highlights. A lot of them were in yep. transition. And a big guy that I've uh, really been impressed with so far is Kendrick Nunn. Mm. He had 21 points last night. And he was the Lakers' top free agent signing last season. And obviously, unfortunately, yep. missed the whole year. The players that they brought in this offseason will help them athletically, but I don't think they'll help them shooting-wise. But Nunn is a guy who can shoot. He is the best three-point shooter historically of that group of players that they've got around LeBron and Anthony Davis. And yeah. he shot the ball well coming back off of that injury. He had a great shooting performance last night. If Kendrick Nunn uh, can sh shoots and they can space the floor, the Lakers have a chance. Also, I'd be remiss not to bring up Austin Reeves, yep. who was absolutely all over the floor every minute he was out there last night. I believe the Lakers have got to play him more. I think you'll see their fans calling for it. And uh, he's obviously been an impact in this early preseason as well. Not to mention when you saw Russell Westbrook, when you saw LeBron James sit down after the first half, it was Kendrick Nunn who really yep. held it down in that third quarter. But as well as LeBron played last night, it was his message for Vegas Ooh. fans. And Adam Silver, everyone already knows what I'm talking about. It caught folks' attention. <laughs> Oh, it's wonderful. It's the best uh, fan base in the world, and uh, I would love to uh, bring a team here at some point. That would be amazing. Um, and I know Adam is uh, in Abu Dhabi right now, I believe. That's where they're at right now? Yeah, with the Bucks in, in, in uh, Atlanta. So, But he probably sees every single interview and transcript that comes through from NBA players. So I want the team here, Adam. Thank you. I love it. All right, Brian, pretty direct. Yeah. Uh, what's the viability of LeBron being an NBA owner in Vegas? Yeah, I think it's interesting that he didn't get asked directly about yeah. it. He brought it up with yeah. that little side-eye look, right? That little side-eye. <laughs> yeah. You knew he was he, – he knew what he was doing right there. He doesn't have to send that message to Adam Silver privately he, or uh, publicly. He can do it privately, too. There is going to be a good chance of there being expansion in Las mm. Vegas sometime in the next decade. There are some things that have to happen before that. We have to get a collective bargain agreement, a new television deal. But when there are uh, bids, there are going to be probably multiple groups that want to have an expansion team in Las Vegas. It's very desirable. There are plans for an arena that will an NBA, a new NBA level arena. And how are those folks going to differentiate themselves? Because they're all going to have money. And LeBron's already involved with the group uh, in the Fenway Sports Group and, um, and Redbird Sports Partners um, that has a bunch of teams. That group, they already own multiple European soccer teams, the Red Sox, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their money will be there, but you're going to have to win out, not amongst Adam Silver, amongst the other owners. And having LeBron James as, as the centerpiece of your ownership group is a way to differentiate yourself. So while I'm going to tell you that there is not a guarantee of there being an expansion team in Vegas, there's not a guarantee that, that, that if there was, that LeBron and, his, and a group that he would be a part of would win the bidding. But coming out and establishing yourself now, wanting to do that, is very shrewd. And I'm going to tell you that LeBron started the process of being an NBA owner more than a decade ago. That's mm. how long his relationship yep. with Fenway Sports goes back. It could be another decade before he does get it done but he's already working on it very obviously. So the first thing that needs to happen is he needs to stop playing basketball to even be considered for an ownership role. I mean, you can't be an, uh, involved at all in a team if you're an active player. So we've seen Chris Paul's name get mentioned, whoever's going to buy the Phoenix Suns. He has to stop playing basketball first. LeBron James, he's in a contract through 2025. That 
that lines up very nicely with the time frame that we're talking about. The new mm. broadcast deal will have kicked in by then. We'll have a new CBA by then. I don't know, one or both of his sons will be in the NBA by then. Maybe he'll be playing with them. But his timeline lines up fairly well with whatever timeline the NBA is on for expansion. My understanding, Adam Silver's been very clear in every public comment he's given on this. They want to deal with the new CBA and the new broadcast deal before they deal with expansion. But it is something they are looking at. Now, I try to be more intentional in my life these days. I, I have a lot of bandwidth issues. I have two kids now, so I'm intentional about what I say and what I do. I watched that last night, and I sat up in my seat. As Brian said, he was not asked a question about owning a team in Vegas. I love it. There was just a local Las Vegas reporter who said, hi, I'm from Las Vegas. How do you like the fans and playing here? And LeBron said, okay, this is the moment I have been waiting for. It was a very intentional act. Nobody put him up to it. He decided he was going to plant his flag there. And in, in a lot of ways, we in the media, we always talk to sources and people with knowledge of so-and-so's thinking. He just told you what he was thinking. He put it out there, and everybody who is... There's been a lot of I people who have expressed interest in owning the team in Las Vegas. LeBron now is every, the guy everyone is chasing. Well, there's a lot of people who have expressed interest. There's only so many players who have the, that billion-dollar valuation that can actually make this a reality. All right, if this was not enough Lakers talk for you, Hulu actually has a 10-part series. It's Ooh, Legacy. 10 is going to be something. true story of the LA Lakers. It is streaming now with new episodes released every Monday and the first nine are available to watch. Ramona says you need to do that because episode 10 is going to be spicy. Coming up though on NBA Today, speaking of spicy, let's preview the Nets and the Heat game that's tonight on ESPN. An update on if Brooklyn's Big Three is all going to be in action. We'll check in with our Monica McNutt. Plus, we also got a first glimpse of Donovan Mitchell with the Cavaliers and we have highlights from his performance against Joel Embiid and the 76ers. Also, Hear what Adam Silver had LeBron James had to say about Victor Wenbanyama. The projected number one pick is truly out of this world. Don't miss it. NBA Today will be back after the break. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 6-6 for North Carolina. Number 12, Michael Jordan. Uh? Here's Jordan down the lane. Good. Jordan in for the right. He scoops it in. Jordan around the cart right screen. Down the lane. Scoops it in. Michael's got 40. Jordan in on green. Lays it up. That's 
That's right. We are 12 days away from the regular season tipping off. And that's right, Michael Jordan wore number 12 for one game. It was back in 1990 after his number 23 jersey was stolen on the road. And tonight, we're going to have our first NBA preseason game right here on ESPN and the app. The Heat, they're in Brooklyn to take on the Nets at 7.30 Eastern. And then the Timberwolves, they square off against the Lakers in Las Vegas. NBA Countdown gets our coverage started at 7 o'clock Eastern. We now welcome in NBA analyst Monica McNutt. She's going to be on the sidelines for tonight's Heat's Nets showdown on ESPN. That's at 7.30 Eastern. So, Monica, just let's start here. What players do you expect to actually suit up for this one? All right, Malika. Well, on the Heat side of things, no Tyler Hero, no Gabe Vincent. Mm. Of course, this is just preseason early October, precautionary more than anything. Hero knocked knees in the prior preseason game. On the other side, for the Nets, we're waiting to hear officially. Right now, I expect... Everybody to play, but of course with Kyrie welcoming in a new member to his family, we haven't gotten word on whether or not he'll be available. But right now it seems like everybody's a go. Okay, so congratulations to Kyrie Irving and his family. We'll see if he plays in this game. But now that Ben Simmons has a game under his belt, what do you think the biggest focus is for the Nets as this team is looking to continue to gel on the court moving forward? It's definitely going to be figuring out the rotations, right? Mm. Like, everybody's still trying to get a feel for what it's going to look like, what position Ben is going, to, is going to even play. You know the firepower you have with KD and Kyrie, and not just the firepower, but the vision, right? We saw some of the passing in Ben's first preseason game. But I actually think, Malika, sneakily, the health of Seth Curry, the performance of Joe Harris, mm. to me, becomes even more paramount with Ben back on the floor. It is well documented. You want to surround him with shooters. Last year, Seth was called upon because you needed that scoring in terms of a productivity standpoint this year to me the spacing becomes even more important but you certainly see the potential of this brewing big three yeah and obviously we saw Joe Harris miss a significant chunk of the season last year so hopefully he can get rolling in this preseason and carry that on into the regular mm -hmm. season let's go to the heat side of things here you attended shoot around I know this morning they didn't bring in any huge name free agency players this year they lost PJ Tucker they did get healthier though they signed Tyler Hero to an extension what are you keeping your eye on in terms of their roster? Well, early on, Malika, for me, it's going to be the reemergence of Victor Oladipo. I mean, he's hey. a guy that is very focused on looking forward. And as we chatted today, I was like, I know you don't want to go back, but this is your first full season in a long time. Like 2017, 2018 was the last time we saw him for a full season. And I think people forget about how productive he was in that time. He was a guy that averaged 23, 5, and 4 and was leading the league in steals. And so while he is not the equivalent of that four tweener, big three, four kind of position that mm. P.J. Tucker was, to me, if he is healthy and available for a full season, that is truly an addition. He talked about being grateful to play last year in the playoffs, but not really having a feel for the game just yet because he hadn't played enough basketball just yet. It feels like the Heat is the team that really has a chance to, to go deep that not everybody is talking about in the East. Mm -hmm. Monica McNutt, thank you so much for your time. I know how incredibly busy you are on game days. We will see you on the sidelines at 7.30 Eastern right here on ESPN. All right, let's keep it going with some preseason highlights from last night, Ramona. Let's check in on the Cavaliers and the 76ers. The Sixers are hosting the Cavs in this one. Donovan Mitchell making his debut. Darius Garland with a nice little pass to Mitchell. He knocks down the three. Once again, Garland, a little dribble handoff action. This, this is a partnership I, like I can get that. used to. I like that action that they run. I like the pick and roll game that he had with Jared Allen there. 
It's going to be an interesting fit, though, with Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Garland obviously is a point guard, but he did really well when he had Ricky Rubio next to him last year. Well, the Cavaliers, they were 25th in scoring, I yeah. believe, last year, so hopefully Donovan Mitchell can help with that. Let's go to the 76er side of the ball. Joel Embiid, James Harden, they were making their debuts this season. Joel wasting no time. I mean, he's not moving fast, mm. and yet he got both guys up in the air there. <laughs> I know you know Joel incredibly well. Yeah. You speak with him a lot. What's his outlook for this season? Look, he was hosting workouts in L.A. for the whole team all summer long. They were widely attended. Thibel was there. Tyrese Maxey was there all the time. He's really excited about having a whole training camp and a whole season with James Harden to get that pick-and-roll game between those two stars. And he, he just kept talking about Maxey. This is the guy that the Sixers are so excited about. He's really poised to make a huge jump this year, and he has so far. Tyrese Maxey was explosive in their first game against Brooklyn and he held it down once again. What was interesting is that he started alongside James Harden. So yeah. as we spoke with Doc Rivers about on the show the other week, how much are they going to be staggering their minutes versus starting together? Something to keep an eye on. Let's check in with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you know, a little bit of nerves. I ain't going to lie from the start, but, you know, like I said, playing with these guys through camp, uh, the camaraderie we have, we, we guarded well in the first quarter. We got a little bit away from ourselves in the second, you know, loose balls, you know, 50-50 balls, but all in all, we played pretty solid, moving the ball great on offense. Um, we haven't really had to call too many plays, so that's always a good thing, but, you know, we can second half lock in on our defense, and, you know, we can push this lead out and, and get better, but for me, I'm, I'm just happy to play, man. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long summer, and I'm happy to play, and it feels good. And it was nice to see him on the court in that Cavs uniform. So back here with Ramona, Brian Winhorst. So Brian, as our resident former Cavs beat writer here, how do you think the addition of Donovan Mitchell is going to impact this team based on what you saw last night? Well, you, you just mentioned it, Malika. They were a bottom 10 offensive team last year. And when they got eliminated in two losses in the play-in uh, tournament, they just couldn't generate open shots. Well, I know last night was a small sample size, but they repeatedly were able to generate open shots, and that was without Evan Mobley. He is out for a week or two with a sprained ankle. The issue with the Cavs is they just don't have great size on the wing on defense because Mobley um, is in, Mobley and Allen are good size interior, but when you have Garland and Mitchell, and last night they had Karis LeVert start at small forward, mm. that just isn't a lot of size. So that'll be a season-long fight. But you looked at this game. There were four guards starting in this game who all could be all-stars in the Eastern Conference this year. I don't know if they'll all make it because it's got a crowded field. We talked about the Hawks earlier, but it was awesome and dynamic to watch these four guards, Harden, Maxi, Garland, Mitchell, making plays at both ends of the court. It was great to watch even in the preseason. You mentioned Maxi, so let's talk a little bit more about the 76ers, Ramona. Who from the Sixers do you have your eye on most? Is it Maxi? Yeah, Tyrese Maxi. I mean, he has just been, if you took a look at the way he shot the ball as a rookie mm. and his form from then until now, it's like a completely different shot. He has really worked hard on both his, his mid-range game and his outside shooting. He's gaining so much more confidence day in and day. And like, they need him to be the third scorer on this team. I know they they obviously have James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris can score, but if Tyrese Massey can consistently be somebody they count on, that is going to change the dynamic of this team. The other guy that I've been told has been a standout on campus, P.J. Tucker, and it's he's just P.J. Tucker doing mm. P.J. Tucker things. Like somebody was at the practice and said, you know, I walked by the gym and I couldn't see anything, but I heard two voices, P.J. Tucker <laughs> and Doc Rivers. Like they both have very distinctive voices, mm -hmm. and when you get into 
two with those two guys, like they have a presence about them, and that relationship with PJ and Joel is a very interesting dynamic so far. PJ and Chris Paul had that yeah. same kind of vibe when they played together in, in Phoenix. PJ is a high basketball IQ, IQ guy. He's a star in his role. Mm. So Joel is a high basketball IQ guy, and they just sit there and talk basketball all day long. And I think it's been uh, an interesting friendship that's developing between those two. Well, and Brian, didn't Tim pointed this out on on his podcast that at, as the season came to a close yep. when Joel Embiid was asked about uh, what what, what went wrong, what did they need? He said he, he needed to play alongside a guy like P.J. Tucker, and then that, that materialized for them. I wonder if that was in their thought process <laughs> when they said it, considering that Daryl Morey was uh, the proponent that brought P.J. Tucker to Houston yep. those years ago. I think they might have known that he was going to be a free agent, and they just need toughness. You know, uh, one of the, the big things that's going to differentiate these Eastern teams that we keep talking about, who's going to defend? Is it going to be Brooklyn? Is it going to be Philly? Is it going to be Atlanta? That's why Philly went out and got P.J. Tucker, because yeah. they know they need defense, and P.J. knows he's being paid to set a tone, not just play, mm -hmm. and he's already doing that. Well, coming up, we're also going to continue to wait here for the press conference of Steve Kerr. The Warriors will be speaking for the first time since the altercation between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. And also, LeBron, he had some pretty out-of-this-world comments <laughs> on the projected first overall pick, Victor Wenbanyama. So do not miss that. We also have an injury update on Scoot Henderson. More NBA Today after this. You're watching NBA Today. May I have your opinion about uh, Victor Wembanyama? Oh my. Wembanyama throwing it down! He certainly has all the attributes of a true game changer. Were you able to catch Victor Wembanyama last night? I did. I'm going to label him like this unicorn thing. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years. He's more like, like an alien. No one has ever seen anyone as tall as he is, but as fluid. Put the ball on the floor, shoot step back jumpers on the post, step back threes, a generational talent. If you don't know his yep. name, learn it. It is Victor Wenbanyama, LeBron James, Adam Silver, clearly already Ooh. big fans, and so are GMs just throughout the NBA. Folks are in the arena now watching him play. Brian, what is the impact of both Wenbanyama and Scoot Henderson being on the 2023 draft board? Yeah, Malika, and it's not just them, but there's a top five or six in this draft are really going to be coveted. And we have an interesting situation developing, and yeah. that is that there are a lot of teams that are highly invested in this season. Frankly, probably too many. There's only certain, a certain number of wins available, and there's going to be some good teams who get to December or January and find themselves in ninth or 10th place. And that's where this Wembeyama, Scoot Henderson situation is going to get interesting. Hmm. Because we could see at midseason teams that normally might continue to keep the pedal down, trying to get into the play-in tournament, trying to catch lightning in a bottle, yep. say, you know what? It might be not a bad idea to trade some of our pieces and head into the lottery. You know, the Portland Trailblazers did this last year when Damian Lillard got hurt and traded C.J. McCollum. But what if this year it's two or three teams who do it, or four, hmm. because they think they're going to have a shot of getting into that top three or four? And that's where I bring up 
everybody's favorite team, the LA Lakers. Oh. This is why the Lakers may not want to do a deal early in the season with those future first-round picks and Russell Westbrook. Why not wait until midseason to see if someone – because the Lakers can't get the number one or number two pick this year, even if they were to miss the playoffs because they owe a swap to the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. Mm. So the Lakers are potentially incentivized to wait, or other teams are maybe incentivized to wait until midseason because the Lakers have a great opportunity to trade eventually with Russell Westbrook's expiring contract and those draft picks. So I think Wembyama may have a big influence this year, even on the teams that may not actually have a chance to directly get him. So you mentioned the Lakers are one of the teams that don't have a chance at the number one or number two pick because of the, the trades and swaps and protections. The Lakers, the Nets, the Timberwolves, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Clippers, they are out on the Wenbinyama, Scoot Henderson, sweepstakes Ramona. Well, look, th this is why when you project out and we talk about, oh, the 27 first round pick or the 29 first round pick, we, everyone in America may have just started to learn Wembenyama's name the other night when he played against Scoot Henderson on ESPN. Mm. But I guarantee you, NBA general managers have been have known <laughs> about him for years. I've heard about him overseas. I mean, if you read Mike Schmitz or Jonathan Gavoni, yep. uh, our draft guys, you've been hearing about him for years. But the People have already been lining up. Like, if you're if you're San Antonio, for example, and you're thinking, is this now the time to go trade Dejounte Murray, and is the time to reset? Yes, because it's Victor Wembanyama is in this draft. Scoot Henderson, when Chet Holmgren got hurt this year for the mm -hmm. Oklahoma City Thunder, on the one hand, yes, they would love a year of development for Chet Holmgren. On the other hand, maybe a good excuse not to to make sure that you're available at the top of this draft. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions about tanking this year, and there's a few teams that have gotten a head start on that in terms of their rebuilds already. Well, Wembanyama is actually in action as we speak, but I do want to take a look at what happened between Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama in the first quarter. It appeared, watch here, it looked like Scoot Henderson and Wembenyama banged knees a little bit there. So Henderson has actually been ruled out and will not return to this game uh. after that collision. Let's hope it's just uh, something that's a stinger and that we'll see him again soon. But let's actually check in live at that game right now. You know, for us as players, to get out there and also see the, you know, see the results of our hard work, of our labor, to recognize that the NBA really does care about the D League then, the G League now, and you often see, you know, of course, Victor Wenbanyama, Ramona, has just been year, such a treat to watch, particularly so in yesterday's game. But what was really interesting to me is what Jonathan Gavoni said about his mentality, that some people around the NBA have begged his representation to potentially consider shutting him down, to maintain his draft stock, draft stock. And he's taking the position of, that's not why I came to play my first games on in the United States. I came to show off my talent. I am a player. That's not what everyone... Yeah, and, and, and you know, he's a tall guy, slight of build. And, it, and sometimes when you see a player with this stature, you worry about injury. But the way he moves, the way he carries that size and that frame reminds me, I mean, to say Kevin Durant undercuts the defensive ability that he's shown already, to say Giannis undercuts the shooting ability. He had seven threes the other night. I mean, like, I've never seen a player who's 7'4 be able to shoot three-pointers like that. Well, 
Tony said it's maybe a blend. If those two, if it was a Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo baby, then potentially that is what we could be seeing in Victor Wembanyama. I mean, look at his length there. Look at his size. Uh, the fact that he's able to shoot threes at the clip yeah. that you mentioned is incredible. I mean, he is. Like, I didn't believe it until I saw it with my own eyes. You've seen the, I've seen YouTube highlights, but seeing him live in person against, like, on TV like this against quality competition. That G League Night team is good this year. Can we just charter a plane and go? I want to see it. <laughs> All right, still to come on NBA Today. The Lakers bench got a technical foul last night for just stepping onto the court. So what this change could mean for bench celebrations going forward, we're going to explain after this. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome back to NBA Today. It's been 231 days since Brittany Griner was arrested in Russia and over two months since she was sentenced to nine years in Russian prison for having vape canisters with cannabis oil in her luggage. And today, Griner's wife, Sherelle, spoke to CBS this morning for the first time since Griner's sentencing and painted a grave picture of how her wife is doing. BG's at her absolute weakest moment in life right now. She's very afraid about being left and forgotten in Russia or just completely used to the point of her detriment because she's like, you know, saying things to me like, my life just don't even matter no more. Is that what she said to you? Yeah. My life you doesn't know, matter. Like, I feel like my life just doesn't matter. Like, you guys, like, y'all don't see me. Like, y'all don't see the need to get me back home. Just a heartbreaking sentiment. Uh, Greiner has been detained since February, and back in May, the United States declared her wrongfully detained, and in July, she pleaded guilty to bringing hashish oil into Russia. And then a month later, she was sentenced to nine years in prison. Her appeal date is October 25th. Help people affected by Hurricane Ian donate at redcross.org slash ESPN to help Red Cross prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from this disaster. NBA Today will be back in just 60 seconds. Playoff baseball, man. There's nothing like it. Teams. Four series. Best of three. The wild card series begins Friday on ESPN and ABC. Okie doke, check this out. The Lakers bench got a technical for wandering onto the court after this Damian Jones dunk. The technical was officially assessed to Thomas Bryant, but look at the stunned reaction from the Lakers vets here. Remember, the NBA is going to put an emphasis on bench behavior this season, and the Mavs' Theo Pinson tweeted, I mean, damn, it's going to be text every night. But you know, that's Brian, this is this is a change. The Mavs, they were getting fined last year for their elaborate bench celebrations. And then eventually the league said, all right, it's not just going to be a, a fine anymore. It's going to be a, a technical foul. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> 
th these are the notable celebrations that we're talking about. Is this too much, Ramona? Yes, that's a little much, but it was really fun. <laughs> that's the thing is, like, I, I do understand yeah. where the league is coming from, especially with players wandering onto the court. They want to make sure that there's instances where players thought they were passing to someone who was It happens a lot, actually. I, I understand all Nobody of that. Nobody wants to sprain an ankle. Fun. Yes, like, yes, I understand this. And also, it comes something like you're trying to top as somebody else, like you have to prove that you're engaged. Yeah, I can't pay more. D'Angelo Russell, yeah. oh, not Kobe. Oh gosh. Yeah, so you know it's uh, Kobe video is the best. It's Kobe and D'Angelo. But the best. basically, that is not going to be allowed anymore, is what the NBA is saying. Brian, is that okay? <laughs> The NFL is very impressed with this new yeah. anti-fun rule. Congratulations. Yeah, anti congratulations. Uh, anti-fun You can still right. celebrate. Well, then let's have some court. fun and look at this. Yeah. Because right after we did a live look in on the game, uh, Victor Wenbanyama, this is why we keep saying his name. I mean, look, that is not a – that's a real player. Like, he barely jumped at his heads at the rim. It's insane. Wow. We're going to be seeing so, so much more of Victor Wenbanyama <laughs> in the months leading up to the draft. The rest of the game is on ESPN2. Yeah. On behalf Seven of Ramona Shelburne that. and Brian Windhorst, I'm Malika Andrews, and we will see you tomorrow with Kevin Love. Oh.